Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. Got a chilly Wednesday afternoon here in Austin, Tejas. Uh, Danthe, did you make it in all right? Uh, no, I died on on the way. Yeah, you look like you, yeah. you're dead. No, it's just oak trees, branches falling off, and shit like that. But I see, you know, that's weakness. It is. Texas, I, Texas is a weak state. I said yeah, this earlier. Brittany was not thrilled. She's like, oh, I love those trees. I'm like, yeah, but they're, they're weak, weak and they need to die. Like, that's how, that's the natural order. If you're weak and you can't handle the elements, you die and something stronger grows in your place. That's and how I got here. I killed my dad. Same. Yeah, right? same. I buried him, yeah. and, uh, well, I and I had a full ceremony, and just, yeah, and that well, happens. Yeah, I mean, look. That this... happens. And I don't know where our guest is at, but she's got a beautiful lighthouse in the background there, so she doesn't live in a weak state. Uh, we've got Christina Bob on the show today, uh, Trump's lawyer, lawyer for Trump, and you know what that means. Uh, that means you're super busy uh thanks for being here today christina where are you it looks majestic in the background yeah thank you so much for having me i'm excited to be here i'm in jupiter florida so i am in the strong free state of florida and it is not cold here holy shit so no lie i did a show earlier this morning and i said i think we've only got one strong state left in america and it's florida because um, DeSantis seems to be doing everything right down there. We've got a we've got a governor down here that came and walk in Texas. So you know what I'm saying? Sorry. Yeah, Abbott's not my favorite. He's you know he's okay. He's done some things, but um, yeah, I, I would say I think uh, DeSantis is probably ahead of Abbott at this point. Oh yeah, for sure. The light years ahead. Uh, pun intended with the background there. <laughs> um, well, welcome, it, welcome to the show. It depends on the rules of the race, right? Uh, which ones? That's true. Like if they're going to race each other. I assume if it's a foot race, DeSantis would have a couple legs up. Yeah. Oh, nailed it. Boom. You're on fire today. Look, you're on a roll. Nailed that one too. See, I'm piggybacking (laughs) off of you and this punny game can go on forever. Christina. I wasn't thrilled with the puns. I'm not going to lie. Well, tough shit. It's cold here today and we're all braving the elements. Um, Because in Texas, God forbid, the whole state's shut down, by the way. Do you know that, Christina? Not, I actually did know that. I'm not kidding. There's uh, schools. My kids are out of school. There's one grocery store and uh, and a hardware store open, and that's about it. Yeah, here. it's really weird. It's there's there there are some power outages, right? Mm-hmm. I guess, but uh, there aren't power outages here. And the four businesses next door and the ones over here are all closed. They sure are. For what reason? I don't know. Are we taking snow days as fucking adults now? Is that what that is? I think we are, but that's kind of what we're doing in real life here, Christina. Everybody seems to be taking snow days, especially in our government. Um, What was it like being an attorney during all this fucking madness for Trump? Um, Well, it's funny because I had just joined his team like weeks, maybe one or two months before 
you know, I kind of got thrown into the fire. So <laughs> everybody warned me. They're like, oh, you're going into Trump world. You know, it's going to be crazy. And I was like, come on, you know, I'm work- I work on elections. You know, it's not going to be that crazy. It's, it's been a wild ride. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's great. You know, and I love everybody that I'm working with and we've got a phenomenal team, but it's definitely a wild ride. Yeah, you know, it's funny because, you know, we've met him. We've met the family. We've had, uh, you know, Eric on the show. I've met... uh, Don in real life and all those guys. I, I, they're all lovely people, by the way, in real they life. Um, they yeah. could not be nicer. Uh, and it's strange to kind of see what goes on around them and the chaos that the media creates and everything else. But we've also been pretty close friends with some of his staffers, and they have nothing but, but great things to say about him yeah. as well, unless it was the people who were looking for a quick buck and then they, they were in and out of there in a day. We had like Scaramucci on the show and that guy was a piece of shit. Um, you know, I don't know if you know him in real life, but uh, I don't, thankfully. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're going to have people like that that are in it for themselves or whatever. But I think especially at this point with everything that's happening, I would like to think that at least most of the people uh, in place are there for the right reasons, trying to save the country, trying to do what's best to uh, clean up corruption and all that. So um, I, I'm really grateful for the folks that I work with. But of course, you always have to kind of keep a lookout to see who, who's getting involved. Well, well, let's start with with how you personally got started in all of this. As a little tiny girl growing up in the middle of Nebraska <laughs> or wherever you're from, totally kidding, um, what made you want to even become a lawyer from the get-go? Usually, like all my friends yeah. that are lawyers, there was something in their past that triggered them to be like, all right, this is, this is wrong, and I want to try to do something about it and work in or for the justice system. <laughs> I would love to tell you this awesome motivational story that's like, yeah, she's doing great things. But honestly, I was a speech pathology major and uh, was going through college. I was like, yeah, this is not what I want to do with my life. And I had no idea. Um, I was interested in government and you know legal matters. So I just thought, what the heck, I'll go to law school. So, so I did it. Don't get me wrong. I know that's not like a great story, but uh, it worked out very well. I love being an attorney. I feel like I was made to be a lawyer. I don't think a lot of lawyers can say that, but even though I didn't necessarily have this great, you know, ambitious start, uh, I, I do believe I found the right path for me. Uh, but at, at least how I became a lawyer, you know, wasn't anything special other than, you know, I went through law school. I did the JD MBA program thinking that I would do corporate litigation and, you know, get involved in big corporate conflict. And so going through the JD MBA program, I was like, yeah, I also don't want to do this. I was like, I want adventure. I want to do something fun. Like I want excitement. What's like the most exciting, crazy thing I could think of as a lawyer. And I was going to law school out in San Diego and a couple of my friends were Marine Corps judge advocates. And I was like, that sounds fun. So just kind of on a whim, I joined the Marine Corps and uh, it was a crazy wild adventure. Again, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And that's kind of just how I've been making all of my decisions. Just like, hey, what sounds really cool right now? And you know, now I wound up running election so integrity efforts for you, Donald Trump. You went from uh, thinking about being involved in corporate law to defending or prosecuting dumbass Marines uh, for <laughs> the litany of stupid shit that they do on a regular basis. Right. Dan was uh, military. So he can say that. I, okay. Any, okay. Anybody can say it. 
I Anybody. Can't, I can't. Sure you can. No, look I'm not going to say that. Yeah, look at them. They're, they're not dummies. They're all like, not dummies. If you know, if you look close enough at male. any Marine, yeah. uh, any male Marine anyways, <laughs> you can tell that they have a pronounced brow, mm-hmm. and it's a sign of, of, of like Cro-Magnon lineage. Okay. You know I mean? That's why they like, <laughs> like the Greg crayons. Olson. Yeah. The, the wax what off- were you in? Yeah, the wax offsets, the wax and the crayons, the paraffin offsets the empty space right, right here at the prefrontal cortex. <laughs> That's what it is. Well, I, I, joined, I joined the service too, so maybe I I just can't see it but uh yeah. no you're you're absolutely right there are <laughs> definitely some interesting cases where you're like well you thought that that'd be okay or yeah. you thought that'd be a good idea there was definitely those for sure uh but it made for you know it made for a really fun exciting way to learn how to handle trials and learn how to be a lawyer uh so but again i would trade for all i can honestly say i think being a, i was a defense counsel so i defended marines and um i think that was probably one of the most exciting fun times i've had as a lawyer it was a lot of fun i liked it a lot we need to work on your backstory christina though i'm gonna <laughs> I, like we need something more exciting i read to kill- mythology doesn't do it for no you. <laughs> i need like hey i read to kill a mockingbird as a child and i really yeah. looked up to atticus finch or i felt like a young scout something right. like that instead right. of uh speech pathology because that's your <laughs> typical did... white girl major i went to ohio well, that's state what i was gonna do yeah i was you know I was <laughs> like oh that sounds nice i can help kids and then i just didn't like it didn't want to do it I, I i you know one day when i get through doing whatever i do with my life and i can actually write a book about it i hope it's actually very encouraging to people because I didn't have this great plan of, you know, I'm going to go save the world. I'm going to do something phenomenal. Although now where I'm at, I hope I get to do something like that. But um, it was just, it really was just kind of like, what's the next thing that I think sounds interesting. And I mean, it got me to a cool place. So I'm definitely uh, not knocking it, but I had no idea what I was going to do. You say interesting, but I think you might mean fun because first you went to Arizona state. There you go. Right. A white girl at Arizona State. Your, did your brother have a lisp growing up and you're like, I'll go into speech pathology? No, no. I, again, it was, I had I had no idea. Now you're outing me. I genuinely had no idea what to do with my life. And I just thought we'll that edit, we'll, cool. we'll cut this. We'll edit it out. So what So <laughs> what you're telling us was you used to go to uh, uh, the VA to do stuff when you were a child. And there was an old vet there, a Vietnam vet, who yeah. had speech issues. And so you yes. took up speech pathology and you can't, you loved it so much, you even joined the Marine Corps after. That's your backstory that's, now. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. exactly what happened. And, and you were listening to Credence all day. And, and yes. you were with Brian Williams and Hillary in that helicopter that was getting shot at. Yeah, right? that right. was you. Yeah. And you were right. there. And I helped them. They developed a stutter because they were so afraid of, you know, from mm. the trauma. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. did you do the King speech too? Was that you? Was that you? King speech? Yeah. Is that why <laughs> there's in the background? There's right. three B's in your name. There's a Bob, 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 Christina, Bob. Well, there's a picture of Colin Firth just off off screen there. You can. Well, we all look up right. to. Yeah. If you're not Firth, you're last, and that's what we always say on this show with Colin Firth. So. I'm, I'm telling you, we're, we're dropping puns today here in Texas. <laughs> so you go to Arizona State. What sorority were you in? I was not in a sorority, actually. I had started out at the University of Arizona. I played soccer. I was a soccer player. Okay. And then um, probably wasn't ever going to be a starter and was realizing I wanted to go to law school at that point. And so I, I transferred back to ASU. Yes, I know. I was one of the traders that started out as a wildcat, graduated as a Sun Devil. Yeah. Uh, but I moved back home so that I could actually start working at a firm and kind of figure out how to do the whole law school thing. Gotcha. And then what law school did you go to? 
Uh, California Western in San Diego. Small okay. school, downtown San Diego. Well, at least it's beautiful there, right? So Yeah, it was awesome. We had a view. Like, our library was crazy. Like, it's got an amazing view of the water. And as you're working your way up, you know, uh, building cases and all this other stuff, how do you get the call to work for Trump? Um, because that yeah. seems like almost impossible. Yeah, I think it was. I think, you know, again, like I said, I just never had a, a plan or ambition to do anything like this, but kind of fell into it. But uh, so I was actually still in the Marine Corps. I was serving over in Germany and I loved national security work, but I didn't want to stay in the military forever. So I got out and moved back to Washington, D.C. and was at Georgetown getting my LLM in national security law. And from there, I kind of got linked in with the administration. I joined the administration at the Department of Homeland Security as the executive secretary there. And it was right before the elect the 2020 election that I realized I probably wasn't going to do any more. You know, I didn't have the political connections. I didn't know how to kind of do the political maneuvering to get into uh, a, a position that I actually wanted more than the one that I was in. So I thought, you know what, I'll get out. I'll do something else just for a little bit. And then after the election, I'll rejoin the administration in a different role. And so I left uh, thinking I was going to be out for you know a month or two, maybe three months, and then kind of figure out a different way back into the administration. And well, then COVID hit. That was February of 2020. And so I kind of got stuck, couldn't travel. I was back in San Diego and I thought, well, what am I going to do until, you know, until I figure out how, how to maneuver this? And One America News is based in San Diego. And so I just sent them an email. I was like, hey, I've been part of the Trump administration, gave them my resume. I went in, I think that day or the next day for an interview and they hired me and gave me a TV show and I started reporting. Uh, and then the 2020 election rolled around. I think I'd been a reporter for like five months at that point, brand new journalist. And I had a lot of questions about the election. I, it didn't quite sit right with me. So I just started digging into that story. Didn't realize that the president was following my stories and, you know, watching what I was doing. And then I got a phone call one day and he's like, hey, you have this story on, I think it's probably the Arizona audit. He's like, hey, can you give me any more information? Like, what are you finding? And uh, that was really fun. So that's how, I mean, that's how I got to him. He just called me for more information. And eventually he said, hey, why don't you come run election integrity efforts for for me? Now, he called you personally or did an assistant call you? Or was it him and he's like, hey, Christina, I beat the virus. And then that's how it kind of started or no? Uh, it was him personally. Was yeah. it really? He, yeah. Yeah. He just called and was like, he was, he's so personable. It's disarming. It's very disarming because he just called and he's like, Hey, how are you? And I was like, are you, is this really you? You know, like how, how do I know? And, uh, it was obviously, but, um, yeah, he, like, he talks just like a normal person. Like he, no, he does. He gets it, yeah. surprised when, when you act like it's weird. <laughs> yeah. And, and he does a lot of things face to face. Like he would prefer yeah. it like that. And, uh, the yeah. couple of times that I met him, it was, it was the same thing. And you're shocked. You're just like, wait a minute. This feels He's so normal. Like I yeah. should have to go through like 90 security people, but you're you're just kind of right there yeah. and and all that other stuff. And uh, yeah, he's he's totally normal. 
Um, He's very normal. The the best way I describe him, now that I know you went to Arizona State, this is the best way to describe him. You know the dad that comes for Father's Weekend who's like the blast, who's taking everybody out to dinner? (laughs) To Mexican food. Not to dinner, to Mexican food every single time. It's it's on me. No, you can order a top shelf margarita. It's on me. Like, we're all good. and 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 he's a blast. And you're just like, yeah, dude, like, that's the guy you hope shows up. It's uh, Father's Weekend. He's like that. He's fun. He's a lot of fun. Very disarming. You know, very casual. Just very personable. Yeah, I I agree. And uh, uh, you start to get going on all this stuff regarding the election. Now, uh, we have done some interviews with some other people in the past regarding the election. You said you worked on the Arizona one. Um, You personally? Well, are you talking about Carrie Lake or are you talking about 2020? No, uh, 2020 as far as the yeah. results and all that stuff. So, oh, okay. Audit, yeah, yes, so I yes. went out to Arizona when they were doing the audit and everything. And I was reporting. I spent months on the ground in Arizona just interviewing anybody, actually in several states, but Arizona was the first one. Um, and I was there for all of the Arizona audit, talking to the senators and talking to a lot of the other elected officials, county clerks, all of that. So I spent a lot, a lot of time researching on the ground in Arizona. Okay, great. So, uh, because Dan and I actually chatted with somebody who was involved in the Nevada audits. Uh, oh, okay. and now, now, and now here's what they said, because I'm, I'm curious as to what Arizona's, uh, issues were in that. So with the Nevada audits, uh, their findings were this, as far as the mail-in ballots and all that other stuff with the signatures on the bottom of the ballots, uh, there was a meter that goes from like zero to a hundred yeah. as far as uh, readability and uh, and what it really looked like, what the signature really looked like. Now, the the woman we spoke with regarding the Nevada audit had said it was set around forty percent there, and it should have been, I guess, uh, up to ninety or above for all of those mail-in ballots to count right. and to see what the signatures look like. Yeah, because part of the process is something called ballot curing, right? Curing, like right. curing meat or something, where it, uh, uh, they the government will reach out to you if your ballot has been marked, or you can go look and see if your ballot was counted and see if there's a problem with it and go in and fucking like, hey, your signature's wrong, fix it, and then it's okay. Okay. That, there's a process in place for that. But yep. they, in the same way that um, they call voter IDs, racist you know turning it down to 40 is like oh well we don't want people to get disenfranchised well i mean that's not how it works man it's it's important that these votes matter sure sure um and so why like because you know with the nevada thing and it kept going on and on and on and then they eventually got to an end date i think they gave them 30 days or something like that and uh uh, eventually they said no we're not gonna change this overturn it revote anything like that what was the case in Arizona for you that you were uh, studying uh, or yeah. what went wrong there? Kind of the same thing with signatures or was it something else? Well, there, there were a lot of issues, but that absolutely was one of them. Signature verification has effectively gone out the window and Arizona law requires it to be human. Like a human has to actually look and evaluate the signature. And th- that's the same issue, actually. That one of the same issues that Carrie Lake was challenging in her race this time around that really hasn't been corrected yet, but certainly back in 2020, signature verification went out the window and there was, um, a, they had experts come in. I believe Dr. Shiva was part of that where he went through and evaluated and there were tens of thousands of ballots where the signatures don't even remotely match. And that partially is because again, like you were talking about Nevada, they had to lower the level of match in order to get it to go through because these ballots were getting stopped because they were saying these sign- the machine was saying these signatures don't match. And so they 
changed the setting on it so that this machine would be like, okay, who cares? You know, so they could all go through. So there were tens of thousands that fell into that category. And then, I mean, good grief, the Arizona audit found so many really bad concerning findings, at least as far as the chain of custody goes, every single pallet had boxes on it with uh, missing or broken chain of custody seals and documents, evidence seals had been cut. Uh, ballots were missing. Many boxes had additional ballots in them. There were 168,000 ballots that were printed on paper that was not, uh, it was not standard paper issued by the county. It was some other type that, that didn't meet the requirements that the county recommended, or I should say the recommendations of the county. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of problems with the Arizona election. So, so your thoughts on the paper here real quick, do you think they were fake ballots that were submitted on different paper, or do you think this was uh, issued by the state itself and just it, it had gone out as a, a different type of paper to some of these other voters? I think, I mean, it could be both. I don't know, right? Because they didn't really let them complete the audit and there was no law enforcement uh, investigation into that aspect. So I can't say for certain, but I think it, it, it's possibly both. They did start this new practice that I thought was particularly concerning, and it's called ballot on demand printing. So someone who comes in, they don't have a ballot or they're not a registered voter. They'll just print a provisional ballot for them right there on site. And so is that a legal vote? I mean, maybe. I don't know who the voter is. Did they check ID? Did they verify that this person is legal and lawful, lawfully able to, to vote? Or did they just print a ballot and let them fill it out? And how many of those provisional ballots did they print? I mean, the the ballot handling process of the election, particularly in Arizona, I saw this in 2020, again in 2022, is very, very loose. And that that's part of the concerning process for me, is, is especially when you have printers that they're putting in these polling locations and they can print as many ballots as they want. They don't even need to do ballot trafficking anymore. They don't need to do the ballot harvesting that we saw in 2000 meals. They can literally just print them right there. And if there's no signature verification, they can fill out whatever they want, sign whatever they want and just put them through. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild to me. And uh, even wilder is that they didn't really spend any time on it. It seems like there was a cutoff date for all of this. And they were like, well, nope, sorry, that's it. And we're moving on. Good night, yeah. everybody. And, you know, after that, there was supposed to be improvements in ballots and voting and all that other stuff. And then we get to 2022 and the exact same thing happens in the exact same states. It seemed like right. it was Nevada and Arizona again who hadn't corrected the issues from the 2020 election, whereas uh, 2020 Pennsylvania was the worst. Mm. But they were one of the first to report that night. And so was Florida. It's weird how it's only happening in swing states. Yes, I, mean, I, I find it well, odd. We're only noticing it in swing states. I think it's happening in a lot more states than we're talking yeah, about. Maybe. But, but yeah, I mean, the swing states are the ones that everyone's paying attention to. It, it is because of, those are the last to report. And I think, yeah. you know, with what we learned from 2020 heading into 2022, if you're going overnight like that, because Dan and I were, were live on air that night doing a live election show, and it was just kind of uh, Biden pulling up, I thought it was to make a concession speech. Um, and it turns out it was like, nope, we're uh, all going to go home and, uh, and we're feeling good about this. Yeah. Wait for these ballots the next day. And I was like, wait, but Trump was up like 70% in all these other states. And mm -hmm. we woke up the next morning and it was like, no, nah, they're all those have been wiped out and it's gone. 
it was well, it took three days remember they yeah. didn't call the election for biden until the seventh so it wasn't it wasn't even just overnight i know that's the way everybody summarizes it now but it wasn't it took them three days to find enough ballots to change the outcome of the election right and in some of those states it was two weeks later right and the, they still <laughs> yeah. weren't coming in um yeah. and you know Again, Pennsylvania was one of them. They had corrected that in 2022. Uh, Florida was one of them. They had corrected that as well. But Nevada and Arizona were still there, and you still had the exact same problems, even up until yeah. uh, this uh, Kerry Lake uh, for governor. And I forget who was running for Senate there. Uh, McMasters. It, McMasters, yeah. It was yeah. weeks until we kind of had an answer to it. And I find yeah. it odd to me that... Uh, most of these, including my, my home state is Georgia, um, including Georgia, a lot of these are just coming down to under 20,000 votes for the entire state. Um, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of questions there. And, you know, I just put my book out, Stealing Your Vote. I explain a lot of this, what we're talking about in the book. And uh, it, the frustrating part about it is it's very solvable. I, I think... People look at the problems that we're having and it looks insurmountable and they're like, oh, they've got such a complex cheating system and, you know, how do we fix it? No, no, no. In all of these states, even Arizona, I know that, the, you know, there's issues with it now and Democrats have taken over a lot of the offices in Arizona. But it, it is very fixable if American people get involved in American citizens actually want to correct their elections. We can do this. There's plenty of room. There's plenty of places where we can kind of stop the bleeding to make the elections fair enough. And I think we will, but, but yeah, I mean, you look at Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, even New Mexico. A lot of people don't look at New Mexico, but New Mexico is one of them. I mean, there's a number of places where we need to make corrections, but I think we can, and I, I hope and think that we will before the 24 election. Yeah. And, and you, you mentioned in the book here that, um, you know, stealing your vote is the name of the book, which is, which is out now. Uh, you're highlighting problems for both Democrats and Republicans because you were mentioning New Mexico and things like that. Um, But if you're on the winning side, you don't really seem to care about that. Uh, And in the last two election cycles, uh, Republicans haven't been on the winning side. Uh, I don't think we got the results for the House until, shit, what was it, three weeks later? Um, we didn't even know Republicans won the House until three weeks afterwards. And even that was kind of weird. We were just like, all right, who are these people um, yeah. that are popping up? Well, one um, of them was that Santos guy. Right, right. Yeah. He seems to be doing great. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. George Santos. Honestly, I can't wait for whomever buys the life rights and does the documentary on this because this is the, <laughs> one of the wildest motherfuckers of all time. Yeah. It's yeah. like if Dennis Rodman got nobody knew who he was. <laughs> And he lived his whole life as he did, and then he became a politician after. It's it's it's, like, it's incredible, and it keeps getting wilder every single I've, day. I'm, I'm a big fan, not of him, but of like all government shouldn't exist in the first place. So if it's no, going to be a clown show, yeah, let's make it a full let's blown make it a full blown clown, clown show. show. Yeah. yeah, let's put the ping pong buckets out, yeah. and then try to win a bike at the end of it. Oh, I miss Bozo. I said, you, you made me miss nostalgic right there. Yeah, yeah, Bozo the clown. Because I remember uh, so many times somebody would throw the ping pong ball, it hit the bottom of the bucket perfectly, and it bounce out. Bounce out. That was those are core like negative childhood memories for me. And they lost that's, their schwin. That's when I knew life was bullshit. Yeah, they lost their schwin. Yeah. Um, now, for you personally, and in the book, uh, describe how you would change the voting system in America to make it fair and equal for for yeah. all parties involved. Well, I think 
I think there are a number of ways that we could do it. I, I think it depends on each state. I'm a big fan of every state doing what they want to do. You know, I hear complaints. People want to go to paper ballots only, no machines. They want to do sing, single day, one day voting. You know, they want no mail-in ballots or no absentee ballots, no dropouts. There's a, a lot of changes you could make. And I'm a big believer that it should be the people deciding how they want to vote in their local area. So I don't have a strong preference other than the fact that it's the American people deciding. So, I, and I don't necessarily think that we will get all of those changes made before 24. I don't think we need them all made before 24. I think this will be a multi-election cycle cleansing process, if you will. Um, but the so the way that I would describe my findings are Democrats cheated and Republicans covered it up. And the it's frustrating to hear the role that Republicans played in it. But to me, it's also very encouraging because we can control our own side. You know, if I just said... Oh, Democrats have this elaborate system of voter fraud that Joe Biden describes, and it, it's so elaborate, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. That's That would be a lot harder, right? It would be a lot fresh, more frustrating because it's like, well, how do we control what they do? The reality is they need weak Republicans in weak air in, in positions to kind of basically cover up for them. And we can control our side. So we get involved. We put pressure on our on our side to actually do their job. There's plenty of Republican attorney generals or district attorneys in local areas that could investigate this. They could use their authority to look into it and they haven't. We can uh, put pressure on our city clerks and county clerks to clean our voter rolls. There's a lot of things we can do. And one of the most exciting pieces for me, is, and this is not in the book, I just found out about this recently, but in Shasta County, California, like California of all places, they had enough people putting pressure on some of the county clerks there that the county clerk actually resigned and they instituted some of these election changes that they wanted for their election. So if you can do it in California, we all should be able to. I mean, you certainly could do it in Texas, you know. Christina, we got some sponsors here real quick uh, that put this show on the air. Uh, if you'll allow me to read those real quick, I appreciate it. First and foremost, we're brought to you by ghostsped.com forward slash Drinking bros. Woo, it is chilly out here today, kids. Hopefully, if you're in the state of Texas, you get a nice warm bed to sleep in. Maybe a weighted blanket to hide underneath. It's that type of day here. If you don't, well, prepare for it. I don't know how long uh, this is going to last here. I feel like we got six more weeks of winter in Texas. Or maybe just two days. Who fucking knows, dude? If, if you're here or elsewhere... Get a mattress from ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros in case you do have some uh, long winter days and nights ahead of you. It's nice to sleep in a bed of comfort. Right now, they're offering you 30% off of the mattresses and you get two free luxury pillows with those. Uh, when you head on over to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros, while you're there, peruse the entire store. Uh, check out the sheets. The sheets are super underrated, and they're my faves. Uh, if you're having a wild night out, doing some butt stuff, the cover's always helpful. And uh, if you got kids who are eating on the bed and snacking to protect yourself, protect your neck, as uh, Wu-Tang says, and, uh, and get a cover for that bed. Uh, everything's 30% off. Promo code Drinking Bros. You can fill up the cart as high as it'll go. 30% off everything in the entire store. Now, if you want 40% off, you got to get that bundle package, dog. That's the adjustable base and the mattress combined together 
for one amazing evening of lovemaking. Hopefully that translates into a lifetime, but I don't know your sitch. You're probably out there having a bunch of one-night stands, you dirty fucks. Uh, but I've had the adjustable base for three plus years and I can't go back. I love the goddamn thing and, uh, it'll work as long as there's electricity. Delco's is out right now and that thing plugs into the wall. So it wouldn't work today. Delco for you. Uh, but for me, I still got electricity out here somehow and that bitch works. Can't wait to go home and hop back and it's go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. When you check out at the bottom of the page, you're going to see a 60 month page to go program and no interest as long as you have decent credits over there. And all the deals that I mentioned are applicable with that. So you or a loved one can walk out of there with a brand new bedroom set for about 25 bucks a month. Head on over to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. Next up, we got buyraycon.com slash drinking bros. You're going to get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash drinking bros. Finest earbuds in the lands. Wouldn't you say, D'Anthony, these are the best? These are the best there is as far as... Uh, I've, I've, I've had all of them at this point. Um, I, I, I have all of them now. I, I think so, right? Yeah. I've got them all except for the gaming one. I, I, don't, the, I don't play I, video games. I use the gaming ones at home or uh, if I'm on a plane. Actually, I use two different pair any time I'm on an airplane. Mm-hmm. When, I, when the plane is in flight and I'm watching a movie or something, I use the gaming ones because it blocks out the noise yep. from everybody else. Um, and then when I start to walk through and start listening to music again when I get off the plane... I put the uh, fitness ones in and turn on the, uh, what do you call it, the awareness mode. Yes. So I can hear what's going on around me just in case I'm standing somewhere and some, somebody's trying to get around me. I don't want to be a dick. Yeah, know? and it's, uh, look, it's awesome for, for traveling, working out, listening to podcasts like this one. Um, they have these optimized gel tips for a perfect in-ear fit. It's what I hate about the fucking iPhone ones, dude. They always fall out. They're always on a HOA page in the neighborhood. Anybody lost one of their fucking white cum drop things from the... No, dude, I don't have those goddamn things. I got Raycons. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime, 32 hours of battery life, and Raycons are priced just right. Uh, you get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews again like d'anthony was talking about they got the the customizable sound profiles the earbud tap functions noise isolation and of course the awareness mode i've loved these guys for years and uh and again most of them are under like a hundred dollars uh whereas everybody else is like 300 bucks and you're just like fuck you dude uh i'm not buying beats by dr dre for 350 dollars. i'm getting some raycons and you can too go to buy raycon.com slash drinking bros today to get 15 percent off your raycon order that is buyraycon.com slash drinking bros to score 15% off at buyraycon.com slash drinking bros. Yeah, I voted in California quite a few times. Actually, I think it's the first place I voted because I lived there for about 15 years. And I found the process pretty easy. Uh, now, when I got to Texas, because uh, we were in North Carolina before this and then Texas, when I got to Texas, uh, it's pretty extreme, and I, I, I would I would say it's pretty goddamn hard to cheat here, wouldn't you? Because you've you've been in there as well. Yeah. Um, you've got to have a you know essentially a ticker tape number. 
<laughs> that literally comes off a thing. Mm. You've got like a four-digit code. You go to your machine. You've got the ballot. You put it in yourself. You take it out yourself. Then you stand there in front of the machine. They run it through yourself and say, congratulations, you voted. You get the sticker. It's either in English or Spanish. And then you're on about your way after you post it on Instagram that you voted. And that's it. But it's at least I, I felt like I trusted it. I actually felt like I trusted it in California. Now, North Carolina was the only one where I showed up and they were like, I went to pull out my ID and they're like, we don't want to see it. No, no, put your, no lie. They were like, put your ID away. We don't want to see or know who you are. And I was like, well, how do you know that I even live here? And they were like, where do you, where do you? I'm like, I got that house down on the left. And they were like, you're fine. Go ahead and vote. And I was like, (laughs) shit. All right. I mean, I could be anybody there. Um, So it does go on. One of the things you didn't mention in the book is uh, a possible turkey hand solution. And I'm surprised by that. Do you know what that is? I do not. So for children around Thanksgiving, you put your whole handprint in paint, and then okay. you make a turkey around it out of your, your hands. Okay. But at least you have all the fingerprints there, and I think well, that would be what, a nice solution. That's what we did in Iraq in 2005 when they voted. They, <laughs> there was I'm not kidding. So there was uh, when, you, when you've put your ballot in, you dipped your finger in this purple ink that stayed on your hand for like three days on the same no finger. So they knew if you voted or not already. I don't. I don't even mind something like that. At least I trust right. it. At least mm. I trust it. I mean, um, that's that's a bit of a luddite solution, though, right? For a, the twenty first century, it is. But if you have this many problems on both sides, and you're going to live underneath this narrative that elections were stolen on on one side or the other, you've got to find a common ground. And I think a, a, a thumbprint or you know a facial thing uh, like you know reading an ID scanning an ID at least saying that you live there and right. it's verified and all that stuff i think is kind of the only fair safe way because even as technology advances um you know it's going to get worse and worse because somebody could hack into this and then hey sorry about it um you know bank of america was down the other day and zell and all yeah. that stuff and it was a a huge apology for you know i got i think 18 emails that day that was like your account has been overdrawn and I'm panicking, drove down to the Bank of America and I was like, hey dude, we've got plenty of money in all these accounts and they were like, sorry, it's an error. Well, with technology and the way that it's headed, like if it comes to voting, you can't say, sorry, it's an error, which they yeah. just did in Arizona, in particular in Maricopa County. Were you involved in any of that as far as like Kerry Lake in that election and everything that was concerned in Maricopa County? Yeah, so I did help uh, initially post-election kind of help put things together and get the attorneys on board. Um, That election and that challenge is very interesting to me. It's the first case since the whole 2020 COVID fiasco where we've actually been able to get into court to present evidence. Every other court case was thrown out on standing or mootness or some timing procedural issue, and no one has actually been able to present evidence in a court of law Carrie Lake, to my knowledge, was the first case to go as far as she did. She has. And today, actually, is the day that the Court of Appeals is taking up her case. But that case was fascinating for a number of reasons, the evidence that came forward. So Stephen Richard, the Maricopa County recorder, as you know, you know, we all watched on Election Day where two thirds of the voting machines on Election Day shut down, didn't work, all in Republican areas where Uh, the vast majority of voters were waiting until election day to cast their ballot. So those voters were all disenfranchised. Well, Maricopa County then puts out a statement a day or two later saying, oh, we're so sorry. We understand that the perception was really bad, but don't worry. 
uh, we want to calm everyone down and let you know it didn't actually affect anything. It only affected about, I think they said 7% of election day voters, which equals about 17,000 voters. They said this. This is not my math. This is their math. Right. They say it only affects about 17,000 voters. Okay. The margin of victory between Katie Lake, or I'm sorry, Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs is 17,000 votes. Mm -hmm. So effectively, their statement says, don't worry about it. It was only enough to change the outcome of the election. And that's their admission. Of course, they deny all of the other evidence that Carrie Lake's team found, where they have the whistleblower from Runback, the ballot company saying 300,000 votes were illegally inserted to the tally outside the lawful chain of custody. They had an expert coming in uh, talking about the malfunction on the machine, saying that it had to be intentional. It had to be a person doing it, that they, you know, they intentionally printed these ballots on the wrong size paper. They caught the election director from Maricopa County in a lie on the stand. Like he intentionally perjured himself on the stand and admitted it. And the court still uh, refused to honor Carrie Lake's petition and decided in favor of the county, despite the massive amount of evidence that they submitted. Yeah. So what's going to happen with that? Um, Because I know she's filed lawsuits and everything else. And uh, how do you go back in time, you know, months and months later, even if you do find the votes and say, no, she won, she actually won. Isn't the damage already done at this point? Not really. I mean, maybe the fact that uh, Katie Hobbs is in office at all, I would say is damaging to the state of Arizona. But there is precedent in Arizona before where someone challenged a gubernatorial race and won and they were inaugurated. So all that would happen is Carrie Lake would then get inaugurated and Katie Hobbs would be out of office. So, but it's important to point out that the standard in Arizona, according to Arizona law, this is well-established statute that has also been tried and confirmed in court in Arizona. The standard is if the election is uncertain, if the vote tally is such that you cannot say with confidence that that is how the voters, uh, that that's the actual tally that the voters cast. And I think Carrie Lake presented more than enough evidence to indicate there were illegal votes inserted into the tally. There were well over 25,000 ballot, the signature issue, uh, signatures that should not have been counted, but they were counted. You've got intentional interference on the part of the county where they were forced to acknowledge after they'd lied to the court saying they intentionally inserted the wrong size paper or printed the election day ballots on the wrong size paper so that they would jam and the machines wouldn't work. That's what caused those Republican machines to all go down in those Republican areas. So I think it's more than enough to say, yeah, the election's uncertain because there was enough bad action on the part of the county. The county even admitted it. They said that the error caused, you know, 7% election day voters to be disenfranchised. So I, I think there's more than enough to say that it's uncertain. We can't say for certain how the voters in that county actually would have voted and actually uh, would have decided the outcome. And I think it should be thrown out. Now, the trial court didn't agree with me. Um, and I don't know what the Court of Appeals will do. In my opinion, it comes down to the integrity of the judges on the court. Do the judges have the integrity to actually do the right thing and say, yeah, you know what? It is uncertain. We don't know how many voters were disenfranchised because of the mismanagement of the election, because they printed the election day ballots on the wrong size paper. How many how many voters didn't get to cast their ballot because of because of the mismanagement on the part of the Democrat secretary of state who declared herself the winner of the election? And oh, by the way, she threatened county officials in Cochise County saying, 
If you don't certify the election, if you don't declare me the winner of the election, I'm going to have the attorney general prosecute you. She literally threatened them with jail if they didn't declare her the winner. I mean, I don't I don't know how much worse it has to get before the courts say, yeah, that's not OK. Yeah, because wasn't Hobbs the head of the uh, election she, committee? She was the secretary of state. Yeah. She was the secretary no, no, no. of state, yeah. 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 OK, yeah. They control elections in a state. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess it would come down to then uh, probably who appointed those judges and whether or not they were Democrats or Republicans. I don't, I don't think that's accurate. You don't she, think so? She, she mentioned before that Republicans are as a big a, as an impediment yeah, to and, this. It's, in it's, Arizona, it's, it is still very much McCain country, mm. or at least there's still that lingering uh, <laughs> residue. And the, I mean, a lot of the judges were appointed by Doug Ducey, who I would say is worse than a democrat because he's a republican taking up a seat that republicans think you know it's better for democrats to have a republican do their bidding than to actually have a democrat in the seat because then they get challenged right right but we've seen this all over the place all over the place in all of the states that i looked into you've got republicans that do the bidding of democrats just because they just want to keep their own seat or you know they go along to get along and that's better for democrats because then they don't have to try to challenge and win that seat they've got a republican to do their job for them it doesn't seem like there are uh, Republicans and Democrats anymore, right. frankly. Well, it, there are there are some. And I actually think there are signs of life coming to the Republican Party, which is great because that's what we need. Um, you know, you saw Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania. You saw Janelle Branchin in Wisconsin. You get Wendy Rogers, Sonny Borelli, Mark Fincham, all these folks in Arizona. There's There are patriots in these states that are pushing the issue that actually they've They've made progress, even though they're one or two or three people. At the very least, what I would say they've done is they have sparked life back into the Republican Party so that the constituents are actually forcing the issue with their representatives and their state senators, which is great. It's exactly what needs to happen. Yeah, you may have said the same thing about Marjorie Taylor Greene two years ago, and now she's straight up statist, full of shit, right? So, you know, uh, I these people seem to be more interested in protecting the political class and the aristocracy than they are about representing the American people. Dan Crenshaw is a good example of that too. He's a piece of shit. It just seems yeah. like it happens widespread. There, there aren't a whole lot of people out there doing anything other than making talking points right now. I think that's true, but I also think it doesn't take that many people. I mean, look at the 20 that stood up in Congress and stood up against Kevin McCarthy and actually got the rules changed and actually made Congress better for their constituents. Uh, did they win some victory of putting someone else in charge? No, but they got what they needed and they were a very small minority. And so I, I one, applaud them for that. And two, I, to me, it was really exciting to see because I think that's the first time we actually saw Congress work the way it's supposed to work, where you have a few number of people who can actually make change. And I think that's the way it's going to work for election reform and election security, at least between now and 24, is it will probably be a small number of people but a small number of people in every every area can make enough of a difference to secure the election. No, I agree. It's it's just trying to get everybody together and on the same yeah. page and willing to do that. Yeah, and I think yeah. we're we're probably going to fall into the same trap. A lot of people are going to talk shit between now and 24, but lawsuits need to be filed, injunctions need to be filed to stop yeah. the behavior from happening in the first place. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And we, we, the Trump campaign, we're working closely with the RNC. I know I roll, everyone rolls their eyes going, oh, the RNC. Yeah. But we've actually had some good progress with them and they've, they are doing that. I mean, they're supporting us in the litigation efforts and, um, you know, we're, we're working through all of that with them. So I will give them some credit that when I've kind of, kind of 
put my foot down and said, hey, you know, we need this. They actually take a look at it. And I've had success working with some of the leader, the senior leaders there. So, uh, I, you know, and I'm not in any way trying to say that the RNC is going to save anything, but they have been helpful so far in the limited time that I've been involved. I expect to see them to continue to do it, but I'm also not putting my hope in the RNC. I think it's going to be all of us. I think it's going to be you guys talking about it on your show, you know, letting folks know what they need to do. I, I think we, I genuinely believe that we will secure our elections and I wouldn't be working on Donald Trump's campaign if I didn't expect him to be the next president. You ever sit down with cocaine Mitch out there, uh, <laughs> Mitch McConnell? And does he go by cocaine Mitch in real life? It's CM, uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. CM squared? Yeah. Okay, I didn't CM, know. Oh, yeah, I'm on fire today, Christina. I, I have never met Mitch McConnell, but uh, that's how he's known in our circle anyway. Yeah. That. I, don't, okay, I, don't, Mitch. I don't recommend meeting him. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's just it's like... It's not high on my list. No, he, he's, he's a gross human being. Yeah, you're in Jupiter, Florida. You ever, you ever seen a sea turtle out there? It's probably the same thing and probably the same age. <laughs> So just go out and find a sea turtle, and I think you're good. Put, put some glasses little, on him. His little head is sticking out there. Yeah. Because there's a lot of them. Lindsey Graham, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's getting tougher and tougher. And uh, is that odd to you, that the way that uh, the house is headed, where it's just a bunch of fucking weirdos on both sides out there? <laughs> we're like, we were joking about George Santos earlier, but like every day it's like uh now today's boyfriends were like oh he was abusive to me yeah. he was beating me with a switch i mean we're getting into some old school tactics well it sounds like they they were acting up though they were acting right? up yeah so it's like i grew up getting hit with a switch too yeah we we, we all did yeah. and my pimp used to hit me as well when i got out of hand you know if i didn't look you don't you don't go against gator gator don't want to hear nothing from no snitches you know that's what my pimp used to say to me um, but when you hear, well, you see all these people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now she's on the, the, what, the House Intelligence Committee? Yeah. Right. Which is ironic, to say the least. To, to right? use the word intelligence uh, in any sentence with Marjorie Taylor Greene is a little weird. But on both sides, it feels like we have all these people popping up who are just kind of getting oddly famous in these small districts. And then they build a career out of this. And then pensions. And then they get access to yeah. stocks and all that other stuff. It's hard to tell if it's worse. Because it used to just be uh, every now and again an industrial person would get in yep. to off at major office but primarily it was attorneys right mm -hmm. almost exclusively attorneys and now it's a lot different we're in like the social media age so it's just like you know if you AOC can if you, yeah. yeah which is well, where we're and, going with this as lauren, attorneys lauren, so you're lauren, gonna get in there lauren bovert as well lauren lauren bovert like got her she literally got her ged three weeks before she was inaugurated and that's awesome. No, you know? it's not. No, you've it's got to keep awesome. your feet on the ground and reach for the stars. Yeah. She got her GED. But look, like Dan said, it's a lot of attorneys. This is exactly where I was going with this. Yeah. Are you going to pop on in there? Are you going you gonna to pop your beacon and run for something in one of these districts one day? You've got I the background. I doubt that. I, I don't have, like, I don't know. I mean, I, at this moment, as I sit here, I don't have any political aspiration to run for anything. I'm. Genuinely, I'm trying to clean up our elections. I just want to make sure that we, the people, are the ones electing our leaders and that, uh, you know, we're not being overrun by a, a small group of elitists that they think that they get to control our country. Uh, that's my goal at the moment. If I, if and when I accomplish that mission, maybe I would consider it. But at, at the moment, I don't, I don't have any aspirations. What do you, what do you think about like at, feats of athleticism, fighting or something like that to decide these positions? Um, I, that would be awesome. I don't know. I can't decide if that would be really fun to watch or like, 
kind of gross, <laughs> depending on who the person is. You know, like Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham. Going oh after it. man, like, I saw something the other night that I think we should decide all of our leaders on. It's a home gang slap fights. Oh, I thought like power I, slap. Are you familiar with the Viking home gang? It's like if we're both uh-huh. if we're both citizens of the same tribe, mm-hmm. I can challenge you to a fight to the death, and if I win, I get all of your stuff, your wife, your kids, all your possessions, your land, everything. I, you wouldn't even have to fight me for that. You want my kids? They're out of school today. You can have them today, my, my man. Now, uh, this is a permanent-style situation. Okay. Though, right? uh, I don't know if you want that. Like, I tag my last name onto Oh, I'm not going to take care of them. I'm just giving them my last name and sending them out to the world with a pat on the back. Good luck, brother. Yeah, but the power slap I watched the other night, they're doing Mega Mo on the faces after they get slapped. Is it 8K? It is. Oh, boy. It, it's, I mean, for real, like I got locked into it for an hour and I got all caught up in it. Uh, yeah. But imagine McConnell's face after a nice power slap. Oh, yeah. Um, my God, dude, to see all the folds in a row. It would, um, oh, it, it would, would look like a fucking majestic. basset. It would look like a yeah. basset hound running oh. in slow motion. That's what it, it would take, like. It would probably take a while to like reinflate or like re you know get the shape back oh, oh yeah. god yeah, yeah. It, it, easily easily but you're a young lady i think you you would pro- probably be in, in perfect condition to run like in you know well, i thought five, you were gonna say it's a slap fight no not that <laughs> well that too you were in the marine corps so it's like i, I bet yeah, you slap some dudes yeah the ju- the jag corps usually the first thing you do when you get there they don't like read you into the law or anything it's all about slap fights that's all slap yeah. fights right yeah right that's no, I, for the Marine Corps, I did. I had to go, you know, for judge advocates, we go through all the training. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say what I learned, like going through the martial arts training and, you know, have, I did. I had to hand fight dudes and I learned that they will probably kick my ass and I need to get good. I, I became a very good shot because <laughs> I was like, there's no way I'm going to win against a dude in a hand to hand combat. Yeah, How so, do you handle that? If it's a man and a woman running for the same office, do you like, yeah, you can appoint a champion on your behalf. Well, it's Florida. So right? she's in Florida right now. So that's Florida man, Florida woman shit. And that that's, that, that's open season. Yeah. You just bring a fucking, like a, not a huge alligator, exactly. but like a four footer. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. Just like, like a little, a, a little foot, four yeah. foot uh, gator with yeah. you. And then you could kind of toss it. At Give the it a little okay. fucking crystal meth or something. Yeah. Yeah, right? get, them all, get them all jacked yeah. up on meth. Get some gators in there, and then kind of figure out the whole sitch. Um, you're not married, are you married right now? I am not. No. Yeah. When you held up your hand, I didn't, we didn't see a ring on there, and I didn't know why. Um, but you know, you're you're busy, obviously. So was that a deciding factor? You got in a slap fight with a guy, and you wanted all his shit. I am. I'm not gonna lie. I have lost track of the conversation just a little mm, bit you shouldn't have yeah you shouldn't yeah. have we're talking about slap fighting and how it yeah, relates to no, your life and then running for the politics alligator, yeah the alligator and then well, here's yeah. the thing. Afterwards, like you've got to have your own protection. So we recommend right. bringing a messed up alligator with you. So okay. if you if okay. you go down, at least your purse can be protected, and then we'll kind of see what happens. And if the gator dies in the process, you can turn that motherfucker into a purse for failing. Yes, you, right? dude. That's true. That's true. Or boots. They they make some pretty nice. Boots. There we go. Now really nice gators, boots. As, yeah. uh, Snoop Dogg likes to say, sure does. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> Um, so how long do you plan to work for the Trump, the Trump campaign, uh, all the way? Cause he's running again right now. So are you hoping to yep. stay through 24? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not leaving until it's done. Like I fully expect him. I expect him to win the primary certainly. And then I expect us to work really, really hard and, and cruise, have him cruise right back into the white house. I have every intention of sticking with him until he's in the white house. And at that point, you know, I don't, we'll see if there's an appropriate position for me or not, but 
that's not a that's not a goal at this point. I just want to make sure he gets in there. Okay, because there's you know a million uh, lawsuits that are currently happening and everything yeah. else. Are you on those? Um, I read a story that uh, you actually heard the phone call. Uh, from yeah. Trump to the Georgia official, um, you know, because the media kind of keeps teasing this of like, oh, Georgia's ready to file. They're getting ready to indict Trump and all that other stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. Everybody's been running articles for fucking, what, six months now? Time's running out for Ye- Trump. Like, shut the fuck six up, Six years they've been writing articles. Up. He's never yeah. been popped for anything. Uh, what was that phone call like that you heard between Trump and the Georgia yeah. officials? Yeah, so I was on, along with, there were probably dozens of other people on the call with Brad Raffensperger, the original call with Brad Raffensperger that, the, you know, the transcript has been released out there. You can find it if you want to, but there was nothing, there was absolutely nothing um, particularly sensational, but of course that didn't stop them from making it sound sensational. And the other thing that I don't think most people realize is there were dozens of people on that call. They tried to make it sound like it was Donald Trump and Brad Raffensperger, the secret call and you know president trump didn't know that it got recorded no they like did a roll call yeah it was like 38 him. people right i think yeah. we're on the call yeah. or something like that like oh yeah he's definitely gonna threaten somebody in front of 38, right. 38 people I mean, yeah. fucking dummy there it, it wasn't it was not what the media made it out to be i mean i don't even remember anything specific about it because there was nothing salacious about it whatsoever so i don't think they actually have anything on donald trump but that I don't know that that will stop that. You know, they've never had anything on Donald Trump. So who knows what they're going to do? Whatever they throw at him, I'm confident he will prevail in whatever he does because I, I think he's got the truth on his side. But, you know, we'll see what they try. Okay, well, he so was, wait, he was driving around listening to Taylor Swift the other day. He sure was. In his roles. He's a that Swifty. That may be his biggest crime. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't We're Swifties get, on this You don't want to get the Swifties after you. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I am sorry. not a Swiftie. I, Evermore was a great album. I wept. <laughs> with the, the, the duet she did with Boney Vare on that one, I wept. I don't even know who that is. It's called Exile. Big fan. Um, I'm totally kidding. Uh, I mean, I, that's really off <laughs> the cuff. I think she's very talented. True. I'm not knocking her. I think she's extremely talented. I just don't see Donald Trump being a Swiftie, but, you know. Yeah. What, about, mean, what about you? Are you not yeah, a what about you? Um, I think Taylor, I genuinely believe Taylor Swift is very, very talented. I liked her country style more than her pop style. I think she's a great artist. I, it's just kind of, you know, with, with that, with that answer about Taylor Swift, it, it seems like you're trying to shake it off. God damn it. I'm on <laughs> oh, fire I today. I really am it on is fire a funny today. Day, man. I, it sure is. Uh, let's, let's bring up the case that uh, happened yesterday then with Trump. Um, so Manhattan prosecutors uh, said they've uh, begun presenting the Trump case to the grand jury regarding Stormy Daniels. Do you know anything about that? Um, I, I don't know what's in the press, but I think they're reaching. I mean, if they had something incriminating, why didn't they bring it back when it happened? You know, they are they are digging through. This is like the junk drawer of eternity where they're just digging through. What do we have? What do we have? What do we have? What can we go through looking for something? I don't anticipate that that will be a winner for them. Um, I think if they if it actually was a decent case, I think they would have brought it back when it was in the news originally. What, but again, what do you think? What do you think about this? So they raid Trump's places for documents. Uh, right. Meanwhile, Obama's got thirty three million pages of documents at his house in Chicago, and then obviously it comes about that they have to fucking look at Joe Biden shit too. And guess what? Every fucking president or vice president ever has a bunch yeah. of shit at their house. They were at his, yeah. they were, by the way, they were at Biden's house this morning. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that <laughs> on the news that. again, like who fucking at the cares, house man? again, 
Well, did you not look hard enough the first time? And how big's the goddamn right. house? Well, he's probably got a, an ice cream machine there. He's a big fan of it. So maybe oh, they're, soft serve? Yeah, maybe they were going back because the one at McDonald's is always broken. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he's got the only one that works from McDonald's, that old soft serve. Yeah. That soft serving son of a bitch. Um, but they're there now. <laughs> he's <laughs> asking them to hurry up. Um, and, you know, I, I, what do we do there? And why have no lawsuits been filed in regards to Biden? Very good questions. I mean, all I can do, I'm watching it as an observer, you know, looking at the Biden situation as an observer, just like the rest of our country. And I, I think it, it looks a bit hypocritical, if I can say that, that the way they treated Donald Trump, you know, President Trump had his documents go from the White House to Mar-a-Lago, which is guarded by the Secret Service. Uh, and then Joe Biden had his kind of scattered all over the northeastern United States. Um, and, and yet they didn't raid Joe Biden's house and they gave him plenty of opportunity and his attorneys plenty of opportunity to kind of do whatever they wanted with the documents and turn them over at their leisure. And yet President Trump's team was held to a different standard. So, yeah, I would say at the very least, it's a bit hypocritical. I don't I think it poses a challenge for them because President Trump was covered by the Presidential Records Act and. Not, I don't even think it matters, but to the extent it does matter, he had the ability to declassify. But regardless, he was in lawful possession of everything he had because he was the president, covered by the Presidential Records Act, meaning it is the president and only the president who decides what he lawfully can keep and what has to go back. There, there's nobody else that makes that decision other than the president. So he wasn't violent. There was no legal violation there whatsoever. Joe Biden can't say that. You know, he was the vice president with these documents and a senator at the yeah, time. So yeah. he's not covered by any of that. So well, I don't know how they're going to try to pin any of this on Donald Trump. Oh, they're going to have to bring uh, Obama back. Yeah. And say, oh, no, I, I declassified all those. Like, yeah. right, cool, did okay. you? Yeah. Sweet. I mean, uh, honestly, that would end it. But. It would be a bad look, right? It sure would. It would, be a, yeah. it would be a very bad look. I don't think it would pass muster. I don't know that it would hold up. I don't even know if a D.C. court or at least the D.C. Court of Appeals would hold it up because it's so blatantly politically motivated. But, I, you know, I don't know. All I can do is, is watch like everybody else and see what they do. Yeah, because I'm watching this every single day uh, and it keeps getting weirder and weirder. And meanwhile, the Hunter Biden thing, there's no seem to be no traction with the laptop or anything else right now. I don't yeah. really get that from a legal standpoint either. Uh, do you well, have any inside info on it. that? I don't. I mean, I don't have. I have my opinion. They don't want to go through it because it's very, very damaging for them. Uh, I mean, you effectively have a laptop with information on it indicating that the current occupant of the White House is taking bribes from foreign countries, and the money is being laundered through his son and Ukraine, which we have just sent about a hundred billion dollars to. And at least according to Hunter Biden, 10% goes back to the big guy. Is the Biden crime family getting 10% of every dollar that we send to Ukraine? I mean, there's nothing to indicate that that plan in place has changed. Yeah, it doesn't, so, it doesn't seem like there's going to be an obvious resolution to that, though, because as uh, you know, as well as anybody, the Department of Justice and the FBI don't work for the American people anymore, right? I mean, right. even when Trump was the like people, people referred to it as tr Trump's FBI that did some things. No, they were illegally investigating him that entire time. Mm -hmm. So right. what control right. exactly do you think he had over the organization? I think if he gets reelected in 24, the first thing he needs to do is fire everybody there, right? Yeah, I think that's 
a pro- I mean, I, I can't speak for him. I, I haven't talked to him specifically on that, but I think that's probably crossed his mind. And that might be why they are, they want to work so hard to make sure he doesn't get back into the White House. Maybe because if he ran on that and said, look, I'm going to abolish the IRS and the FBI. Oh, they would fucking nu- they would nuke him out. Yes. Yeah. CIA, yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He would nuke him out. Uh, back to your book here real quick, because uh, I know you're a busy lady and you got a lot to do and it's only going to get worse here over the years, probably <laughs> for you. Uh, with Stealing Your Votes, um, the uh, intro was uh, from Steve Bannon. How did that come about? So Steve Bannon, I'm really, really grateful to him for lending his voice to this and you know, kind of putting his stamp of approval on it. My publisher actually approached him before I did. Uh, he's been very vocal about the election fraud and, you know, all of the stuff that we've been looking into. And then I go into it in the book and asked him if he'd be interested in doing it. I was thrilled when I heard that he agreed to it. Um, I, you know, I'm just really grateful. I've been a fan of his for speaking up about it for so long and kind of beating that drum. So then I reached out to him about it. We we talked about it and kind of figured out the direction he wanted to go with it and made sure, you know, we were on the same page with things. And then uh, of course, once he finished it and sent it back to me, I was over the moon. So it, it actually was quite simple. He was very willing and eager to help. And he's you know had me on his show a few times during it. So, yeah, that was really it. He seems like a smart guy. I've, I've never met him before. Obviously, he's a polarizing figure. Uh, yeah. But um, what's what's the conversations been like that, that, that you've had with him personally? Uh, they, they've been very positive as far as, you know, I tried. I'm. I'm a lawyer. I wrote the book from a perspective of providing evidence. Uh, and he was in agreement with my perspective on the cases that I that I had. I mean, I don't think there's much controversy. I, I don't think the evidence that I present in the book is controversial in the sense that the facts are the facts. You know, you can look it up. I cite things. I use the Arizona audit. So there, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it's not very, um, malleable it pretty much is conclusive it is what it is and then the reader can make up their own mind of what they believe it proves so we didn't really have to get into whether he believed me or not it was all just kind of there but i think we are on the same page he's been very supportive of carrie lake and her efforts and i've been on his show a few times to kind of explain what's happening in carrie lake's race and as far all of my interactions with him have been very much you know let's stick to the facts what are the issues and um it's been pretty straightforward. Okay. Um, now's the point in the show. We get to the drinking bro of the week, which is someone who has inspired you or be- helped you become the person you are today. Who would you like Ooh. to give the drinking bro of the week to? Oh, that's awesome. I gotta say my sister. Uh, my sister is awesome. And I wouldn't be here without her. Cause Anytime I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about doing something crazy, like leaving my job with nothing planned and then eventually become a TV show. <laughs> She's just like, that sounds great. Go do it. So she, you know, the one, the one friend that when you want to do something crazy and she's like, yeah, that sounds great. That's so, awesome. That's What's sister. her name? Carrie. Carrie. Awesome. And yeah. she, uh, she was a ling- linguistics major at, uh, Arizona. <laughs> no, she had a real job. Like she had a real plan and career. She's awesome. She's actually a commercial real estate broker now working all over the country. They live in Tennessee. She's phenomenal and has done really great things with her life and you know, I'm just trying to be like my big sister. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, last question before you get out of here. Does, uh, does Trump win the 2024 election? Hands down, yes. And I think if enough people get involved, we secure our election, 
Absolutely. I think he wins. He'll be back in the White House. And I think America will enter the most prosperous season we've had in our nation. Okay. You're on record. You can't go back now, Christina. Uh, But it was lovely having you here today. The book is called Stealing Your Vote. It is out everywhere now. And you can get it on Amazon. It'll show up your house in two days. Uh, unless you're in Texas and God forbid it gets under 40 degrees, then you nothing will be open. It might be three days. Uh, but thanks for, for carving out some time for Thank us you. here on the old Drinking Bros podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, best of luck, of luck with the book and, uh, and everything you're uh, about to go through with uh, <laughs> President <laughs> Donald John Trump. Uh, Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for the chance. Absolutely. Uh, Go to iTunes, rate the show five star and leave a quick review. Also head on over to Spotify. Just click a five star. They don't have the technology to actually leave a review. That's all the advertisers care about. Once we get to 10K, I'm not going to ask you anymore. Okay. We'll be all good then. And the advertisers will shut the fuck up about it. But thanks for joining us. We're here every day. Rain, shine, snow, whatever's going on here in Texas. We're here for you. For D'Anthony D'Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.